0: I am super thrilled to share this episode with you. Now let me ask, how many of you are looking for new classroom management ideas, tips, and tricks? It really doesn't matter what part of the school year you are in right now, bringing structures and systems into your classroom will not only bring you less stress, but it's going to bring success to your students. Now, today on the podcast, I am chatting with Dr. Lori Friesen from Beginning Teacher Talk. If you listened to last week's episode, I gave you a little teaser at the end. So this week is the week. Dr. Lori is going to dive into seven classroom management hacks every teacher should try. She is a wealth of knowledge, and I really enjoyed the ideas that she shared. If only I could go back into time and use them all across the various grade levels that I taught, I totally, totally would. She taught for 10 years in Canada and overseas before completing her PhD in elementary education with a specialization in language and literacy. She has experience teaching pre-service teachers and has published the Beginning Teachers Handbook for Elementary School. Dr. Lori is the host of the popular Beginning Teacher Talk podcast and is the creator of the Ready for School Academy. She is dedicated to supporting and inspiring thousands of educators around the world, and it is an honor to bring her on the show. If you are ready to learn some new classroom management hacks that you can get up and running as soon as tomorrow, we will meet you inside. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step by step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast. And as mentioned in the intro, we have a special guest today, Dr. Lori Friesen with us today. And she has seven great hacks to share about classroom management. So before we get started, before we dive into these hacks, Dr. Lori, could you please introduce yourself?
1: Sure. I am so excited to be here today. I love talking about all things literacy, but today I love also talking about classroom management hacks. So, my name is Dr. Lori Friesen. I'm host of the Beginning Teacher Talk podcast and creator of the Ready for School Academy. And I really believe, even though we're in COVID and even though it's super hard right now, that just because you're a beginning elementary teacher with the right mentorship, there is no need for you to struggle like one. So, I taught elementary school for 10 years in Canada, in Hong Kong, and in Japan. I've taught at the college and university level. And I've taught kids aged two to adults aged 72. That was fun. (laughs) So it's my goal and my mission to be the mentor for new teachers that I really wish I had when I first started teaching so that they can become the teacher they've always dreamed of being. So it's my honor and privilege to be here today. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I am so happy to have you on here. And I think that so many of my audience listeners, they hear just a ton of literacy tips. Like, this is the literacy dive. And so, although I know that a big part of being able to use to like implement your literacy instruction is you have to have classroom management, but I love that this is going to take a little bit of a different spin because before we are reading teachers, before we are writing teachers, we are teachers. And in order to be a teacher, classroom management is essential and it's huge. So, I am so excited to have everyone here, your seven incredible hacks. And so if you just want to get us kicked off with hack number one. Sure, absolutely. What I love about these
1: hacks is I think we get so much of the theory in college, but what we don't get are all of those time-tested just tips and tricks that veteran teachers know. And that's why I'm so excited to share these with you because I didn't realize how great they were in terms of just simple little hacks, like tips and tricks that we can use in our classroom. So the first hack is a great way to keep students' attention focused during lessons. Now, I don't know if you've heard of this one, but it's called magic word. So basically you choose a magic word and you write it down on your board first thing in the morning. So somewhere in your whiteboard, same place every single time, and you announce it to the class. It can be anything like superstar or unicorn or popcorn or magnificent. It should be a word that wouldn't typically be used in the day. So you can get really creative with this. It needs to sound different or be different than what the kids would be used to hearing. And then when you're giving directions or you announce something important, or even in the middle of your lesson, anytime you really want to check that your students are listening, you throw in the magic word. And the first student to raise their hand gets a dojo point or any kind of small reward you want to give. It could be anything that your class is working towards in your classroom. Throw them a Hershey's kiss, give them a sticker, whatever. But the first person to raise their hand gets that little reward. Kids absolutely love it. It's a great way to keep your kiddos paying attention during your lesson. And whenever you need to know that they're really paying attention, it's a great way to just slip it in.
0: I love that. So magic word. (laughs) This is something that I feel could be implemented as soon as today if you're listening to this on the way to school. But if not, it's something that you can easily implement as soon as tomorrow. And I think that we are looking for things that are easy to implement, effective, and I love that tip. So thank you so much for that one hack about how to get students' attention very quickly.
1: Yeah, it's fun. Now, the next hack is a great way to ensure that your students actually hear it when you give a page number. So we've all been there, especially reading teachers, right? You've just finished teaching a lesson, You've explained what your students need to do. You've given their assignment. You reviewed the instructions with them. You've probably even had them repeat it back to you. You give them their page number and your students several times, okay, they, they've told you several times. They know what the page number is, but the moment they're supposed to be started on their work, you have those students who put their hand up and say, what page are we supposed to be on? So here's the hack. Don't just say the page number, but write it in a designated space on your whiteboard with a marker that has a little bell attached to it. Because that way, the auditory signal, your students are going to hear you not just say the page number, but when they hear that bell, they're going to know, ooh, that's something I need to pay attention to. Because let's face it, we all have a handful of students who never know where anything is, even though when you say it four or five times. So when they don't know which page number they need to go to because they weren't paying attention, they know where to look on the whiteboard to find it. And that auditory cue of the bell is just a little extra attention grabber for kids. So they know, hey, I need to pay attention to this, right? Right
0: such a little thing. (laughs) Yes. No, that's such a little thing. And I think that we all have bells or timers of some sort. And so that little bell can definitely have a really great use. I love that. Yeah. And if you don't want
1: to use the little marker with a bell attached to it, you could also consider having or adding a director of directions to your class job board. Cause you know, you always have those students in your classroom who are always paying attention and You know, when students don't know what to do, they're the ones that they go to. So you could have them be the director of directions. So how this works is after you give your directions once, students must ask the director if they forgot the directions, not you. So honestly, if this were me in my classroom, I'd probably have two directors of directions because one of them may, you know, default as well. They may not be able to get it. But another great way just to give you a backup so they're not always asking you what the page number is when they can't find it or don't remember it.
0: I love that. And I think it just gives kids autonomy as well. It gives them a place of knowing and and belonging, especially if that's one of their strong points or a student who might not be as strong in it. It's going to help to encourage them to be able to say, Hey, let's focus on this. So I love any time I can have my students be the teacher or my students take on a role like that. I think that also is just a really great classroom management tactic. So that is a great hack. Thank you for sharing that one. And again, just
1: simple, very simple to apply. You can grab this and use it right away tomorrow. Another one I love, this is number three, is to increase student engagement and participation during lessons. I wish I had known this one when I was still in the classroom teaching because it would have made such a difference for me. So when you ask a question like, for example, what is three plus four? All of your students know they can possibly get called on, right? So you call on three or four students who have their hands up and you call on others, but here's the hack you don't tell them if the answer is right or wrong when they answer. It's just rapid fire kind of question and answer. So, after the first few times of doing this at the beginning of the year, your class is going to know that they can participate and answer questions even if their answer is wrong because you're not going to point out if they get the answer wrong. You're just going to smile as the answer and immediately move on to the next student. Once you've called on six or seven students, then you can tell the class to tell their friends, good job. Like, give everybody some congratulations for putting in the effort and for participating, then you can go over the correct answer, but you're rewarding their participation and their willingness to take the risk of sharing their answer, not the correct answer, which I absolutely love. So again, you could use this in all different grade levels, but it really helps the engagement and the listening in your classroom. And I think students will be less afraid to answer questions because they know you're not going to point out in front of the class if they got something wrong, right? They don't have that risk of failure.
0: Yes. And I think, both of my parents were in the military and we moved every uh-huh. year and a half, two years, three years or so. So you're always the new kid in the class. And so even though I have a very vibrant personality, I think, you know, yep. not tooting my horn, but I'm very outgoing. I love talking. I love being around people. I love sharing, but it doesn't take away from the fact that when you're new or in a new environment, things are different and you have the fear of, you know, I don't know these kids. I don't know this teacher. And, yep. you know, and so I love that that allows everyone to have. You know, just not having that fear of failure and being able to get warmed up. And I think about, too, I've only taught in ESL schools. And I know that a lot of the people Ah. I connect with, they have the same experience of my students are below grade level or my students don't have the language. And I think there's so much power in that think time. And so your hack for this supports and it gives value to students having think time to be able to take the time they need to answer it because we know the kids that are going to throw their hands up. Yep. And just try, right. Just have the chance to try. It's so funny when you were
1: talking about being the new kid, I wasn't a child of an RCMP officer. My dad was a Royal Canadian Mounted Police officer in Canada, which he didn't ride a horse, but he was still bow legged. (laughs) I see the red mounties with the searches. No, he didn't actually have to ride a horse, but I had to move because my dad was an, a police officer every two or three years as well. So being that new kid at school, like every couple of years, I totally get that feeling. And I think that's why for me, it resonated so much to this one hat. Cause I thought, even though like you, I'm outgoing and I'm fairly confident, it's really hard to feel like you can take risks when you're the new kid and ESL English as a second language students, same thing, right? They don't want to take that oral risk. So I love it. So number four, this is a great idea for when students are doing hands-on work as a group and you need their attention quickly. I don't know if you're like me, but I loved gathering all sorts of attention getters in my classroom. But this one I love because it encourages kids to not be messing around with their hands. So here's what you do. You just say S-T-O-P stop, and then you teach your students to respond with hands on top. And I'm doing this. You can't actually see me, but That means your students need to put their hands on their heads and look at you with their full attention. So it gets the students to just stop quickly and focus fast because they know they're going to get new directions and then they go back to the task that they're working on. So there's so many callbacks and fun things that you can use. But I love this one because it physically has them put their hands on their head so they know that they're going to be focused on you. And in my classroom, I also use something called countdown from five to zero noise. And when we got to zero noise, I had my hand up and the kids knew they had to have their hand up too, looking at me. So I would count, okay, ladies and gentlemen, in five, in four, in three, I need you back in your seats, in your desks, eyes looking at me and your hand up. And by the time we got to zero noise, if everyone was doing as they needed to, then our class earned a point or whatever it is that we were going to work on as a class. So lots of fun attention getters, but those were two that worked for me so well in my classroom.
0: Yeah. I think if I think about too, not just like the call and response of that, but the hands on top, I saw you do yeah. it and I was like, oh, I wanted to do it too. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like kids would find so much fun with that, but obviously too, their hands are now ready for something or whatever direction you're going to call. But I think about too, those kids that need movement. That's a great way for them to move, not just, you know, if they're not moving their whole body, just the fact of moving their limbs of their arms to their head. And look, I'm doing it as well now. It's so, so great to give them and to allow them to say, hey, yes, I want you to move. Yeah. And the other
1: part that I think was valuable for me when I heard that one was, oh, yeah, you know, like as a new teacher, especially sometimes we don't think about what it means when we say, I need your full attention. It sounds like common sense, but it is not. Does it mean they can still continue cutting whatever they're working on, as long as they're looking at you? Does it mean they can be looking at you, but coloring? Does it mean they need to stop whatever they're doing and fold their hands and look at you? Like, What does it mean? So I think for me, it was good to think about, oh, that means I want their hands somewhere that I can see them so that they're really focused on me. And they're hearing me when I give the next direction. So anyway, as
0: long as we have a clear
1: routine, I think that's the most important part for that.
0: Okay. So before we move on, because I mean, that you've just shared something that I think is so vital and valuable, which is what we say and what we think students know. Or hear. Or hear. (laughs) Yes. Or hear. And then they have to determine what we mean. And so often we want to say like, no, I need your full attention. But for them, if you don't show them or teach them, then they might think that they're giving you their full attention. So that's just one more thing that's really big for classroom management. So I love that. And remember at home, kids, when they're asking for their parents' attention sometimes, and
1: they're like, mom, mom, I need you. And she's like, what? I'm listening. But she's on her phone. Well, that's the model for them of what giving your attention is, right? So if they're still busy doing their task, they may think, well, that's just what it is. I'm still giving you my attention. It doesn't mean I can't hear you. So I think we take so much for granted and watching my nieces and nephew in this new age, especially realizing that parenting is a little different. And what we say when we're giving our full attention is a little different than what we used to maybe mean when we, didn't, we weren't so attached to our devices. So I think that's part of it too, is does it mean I can still play on my iPad while I'm listening to you? Right? That's what they've been modeled.
0: I did not even see it like that, but that is so true. And so I think that once we realize that we can be a little bit more forgiving and a little bit more intentional on our parts to make sure that we are properly explaining those things and allowing students to know what this means in this classroom. So that's so, so good. Exactly. And I didn't realize
1: either. There's so many specifics. So the next one, number five is help with doing cutting projects. This one was a game changer for me when I figured this one out. I want you to try something called the one scrap club. Okay. So you teach your students how to cut around something like a poem or a poetry journal or anything that can be cut around in one piece. So it saves the floor and your tables or desks from all those tiny little pieces that are not fun to clean up. And it's interesting because some kids really have to actually think about a cutting path. Like it doesn't come naturally to all of your students. They have to think it through about, okay, how could I do this in one, one scrap? And as soon as they've cut what they need, they say the word one scrap club, and then that's permission for them to get up and put their scrap in the recycling bin. So I was also thinking it would be fun to have students put a tally mark on the wall by the recycle bin every time they add to the one, st- one scrap club. Sometimes it's hard to say. Save that fast three times. Right. Here's your tongue twister of the day. <laughs> and then maybe once your class gets to a hundred points, you give them some kind of a little reward. Maybe they get special paper to work on that day or whatever it is because it's a one scrap club. Just a little incentive to keep your kiddos staying involved in wanting to be members but so simple, right? Anytime you can make kids be part of a one scrap club or any kind of a club, you've got them, right?
0: So I'm going to close my mouth now because (laughs) during that whole thing, I'm like, that is brilliant. Like the one scrap club. And I mean, I think too, it's just, that's a challenge. And I think kids love challenges. And so it's almost like a game to make sure that like, Hey, I'm going to really focus on getting a part to be of that one scrap club and get it in there and make a tally mark. And so I literally, my mouth the whole time is like, wow, I wish I knew that. <laughs> it's fun to watch, isn't it? Like, cause when you think about it, they're all like, wait, no, this
1: you can't do this one in one. Yeah, you can. No, you can't. I figured it out. No, you can't. It's like, oh my gosh, this is heaven. Cause you know, it's saving the ground from all those scraps and cleaning up. And they're like, no, no, I
0: figured it out. How did he do it? Show us, right? Oh, I love that. And it's great problem solving. And I think too, For some of those kids who don't have easy success with things, especially if they can get that, it gives them a chance to be like, you know, the, the person of the class showing off. Yes. I love that. Oh, the one scrap club. I'm going to get in that club.
1: (laughs) Yep. So number six is a very simple one, but I love to share it because if you don't know it, it can be a game changer for you. If you do, if you do know it, you're like, yeah, yeah. I do use that all the time. But this one is to ensure that your students never hand in work without names again. So it's just a simple chant. Have you heard this one? Do you know? It's just the first thing I do is always the same. I pick up my pencil and write my name.
0: I have not heard that chant, right? So you just
1: all you just say it every single time. The first thing I do is always the same. I pick up my pencil and I write my name. So whenever they get a new paper, you can be saying that as they're handing out their papers, right? and they're doing it, right? They're doing the chant. So such a simple thing. You can make it cool in upper elementary. You know, you can put a little bit of, I'm not, I don't have a bunch of rhythm in my body, but they can laugh at me when I do it. I don't really care, but just get them doing it every time so that you don't have those papers without names on them.
0: Okay. So I have never heard of that chant, but it's so catchy. I can totally close my eyes and envision a student passing out papers and everyone getting into it. And I know that for upper elementary, because some of them are like, we're not babies. We don't sing, but they love doing stuff like that. And this was more so at the guided reading table when I wanted them to practice fluency of a certain sentence. And it's like, hey, can you whisper it? Hey, can you, can you read it like you have an accent? So they could totally do this with your chant as well.
1: I love that add an accent to it or figure out how to drop on their desk with it or whatever it is and let them just keep doing it. The other thing is that I love about this is when you're handing things out a lot of the time, if it's papers or books or whatever, it's an opportunity for things to get out of hand. But if they're using their voices in a purposeful way, and they're actually being productive about it, then we're not worrying about them messing around because they're busy. They're doing something. They're singing. I love it. So again, just a simple hack. And then this last one, number seven, is for fantastic hallway behavior. This was a game changer again for me. Such a simple thing, but I saw one of my friends doing it, another teacher in the school. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. So when students are lined up and they're ready to leave the classroom, all you do is say the words, game on. It's teacher versus the class. And every time, if the students talk, then you get the tally mark. If every time you turn around and they're quiet, then they get a tally mark. So you take a little whiteboard with you, just a mini whiteboard, and you hold it up. And every time you turn around to look at your class, or if you hear a voice, you know, you give yourself a tally mark. If you're walking and you turn around and you see they're not talking, then they get a tally mark. And at the end of the week or at the end of the day, whatever you want to do, if the class has more points than you do, they get a special treat.
0: So simple, right? That's so simple. And I think that it just involves teamwork. And I can totally like close my eyes again and see like the kids like really, you know, encouraging each other, like being mindful to that whenever you try to whisper to me, I'm going to be like, no, like, I can't talk to you right now. We need to get that point. And I think it's just so much fun that it's something that they get to do together. And then that there's, you know, just some type of smaller reward attached to it, I think is just always great because what kid, what adult doesn't like to get a reward, you know? So imagine children.
1: I used to do it with boys versus girls because you just, a moment you could leave the classroom, boys versus girls game on and they loved it because especially in lower elementary, the boys and the girls like never shall meet, right? But now with gender neutral and all of these different things coming out with being more sensitive about it, I don't know if we want to use that as much, but teacher versus students always is a winner.
0: I love it. No. And that's, that's a really great point that you have there too, just where we are now. But I think teachers versus me like game on. And I think that's just, that is so much fun. So no, that is amazing. Okay. So these seven hacks, all of them can be implemented right away with things that you already have in your classrooms. It can be implemented as soon as tomorrow, this week, next week, And I think that it's instantly going to start sparking some engagement. It's going to start getting the students really just excited. It's something new that you can add, and it's going to help with that management. So I love it so much. Good. I'm so glad. Well, thank you so much for sharing these seven hacks. Now, I'm sure by now, people are probably wondering, I need more. These seven were almost just like not enough. But for my listeners, for those who are going to come across this in future, that are like, who is this Dr. Lori and where can I find her or find more? Where can everyone be able to find you? Well, first of all, I have a special treat for your listeners, a <gasps> free gift for them. Yes. If
1: especially with, with new teachers, classroom management struggles usually revolve around like classroom organization, efficient classroom setup, clarifying your rules and routines and getting those class jobs running efficiently and effectively. So I've put together a very special freebie for your listeners. It's called the Ultimate Classroom Management Checklist. So if classroom management is a challenge for you, you can use this checklist to troubleshoot and find out in 30 minutes or less what you can do right away, what might be going wrong right away to clear the clutter and reduce that overwhelm in your classroom and get things running more smoothly. So I will link to that for you if you'd like in the show notes.
0: Yes. Absolutely. We will have a link to that in the show notes. Please go grab that special. We love gifts. Yeah. It's absolutely free. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So go to the show notes and make sure to grab that special gift for you.
1: They can also connect with me at beginning teacher talk on Instagram or on my beginning teacher talk, private Facebook group. We have an amazing group of like 6,700 teachers in there that are all new teachers and they're all there to help and support each other. So they're always sharing hacks like this. That's where actually I got a few of them. We're all sharing great ideas all the time. So I hope that they'll come and join our community as well.
0: I mean, community is everything. And I think that prior to the pandemic, you know, we just need community. We need to be around people who get it. I remember, you know, and no fault to anyone in my family, but they don't have the teaching background. And so when I want to vent or I'm trying to figure out a solution for a classroom management problem I'm having, you know, I'm like, (laughs) you just don't get it. And so... I think community is everything. And so the fact that you have this community, I think one, that is a great place to be because you can be able to get ideas like you just shared. But then two, I think that with adding on the pandemic, we just have another layer of, we just need support. And so all of that information, the classroom management checklist and the different ways you can find her on Instagram and also in that private Facebook group, all of that will be in the show notes. So be sure to head there and get connected because that's really what it's all about. That's right. Yeah. So as we're wrapping up now, is there any last minute thoughts or ideas that you want to offer or share? I just wanted to thank you
1: again for having me on. It's been such a pleasure and so nice to get to know you a little bit. So I really appreciate the opportunity to come and share a little with your audience.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know this was such a treat and just such a change of pace that's so necessary for my audience. So thank you for coming on. And for the rest of you, I will talk with you next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.